Hey there, punky peeps. Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. And today I'm bringing you Season 3, Episode 8, entitled Beer and Buffaloes Don't Mix. In this episode, Punky believes one of Henry's lodge buddies has been drinking and driving. I stated in the last episode that I wish this episode could have been taken a smidge more seriously than it was. I mean, I know it's a children's show, I know it's a sitcom, so there's gotta be funny stuff in there. I'm mainly referring to Henry's attitude when it comes to Punky revealing about the drinking and driving thing with Henry's... Basically, it's Joey Deaton's father that we met last episode. And this guy's just... Something's going on with him. I mean, basically in this episode we're going to learn that alcohol makes people do crazy things. And at least the guy seems like he's a goofy drunk... But he does tend to get aggressive toward the end of the episode, which we'll get there. But um, before we get into this episode, I do want to do a quick announcement. After this episode is done, I am taking a month off. I did that back at the end of August and came back in October. This month, I'm just I'm taking the month of March off to focus on other things. I mean, I have my other podcast. Um... But I just also want to have a little free time to myself. And then we'll come back in April and continue on with the Best Friends episode where a boy comes between Cherry and Punky. So these girls don't haven't yet learned the whole... Uh, there's so many ways to say it, but I don't want to be offensive, especially being that this is a clean podcast. But basically... Not putting your boyfriends above your girlfriends. You know the whole thing? Get a boyfriend, get a girlfriend, or whatever, and you spend all your time with that person, and you're neglecting your friends. When we get to that episode, I will talk a little bit about my situation and <clears throat> with in regards to that, because I do have a personal story about it, but... Um, as far as anything else, I haven't really finished any books right now. The one I did finally finish was The War That Saved My Life, and that was by Kimberly Brubaker Bradley. It's a duology, and I believe I uh, talked about this probably back in January, It's uh, an exceptionally moving story of triumph against all odds set during World War II from the acclaimed author of Jefferson's Sons and for fans of Number the Stars. Number the Stars is an amazing book. My teacher read that to it. We read it as a class in seventh grade, and that would have been in 1995. Nine-year-old Ada has never left her one-room apartment. Her mother is too humiliated by Ada's twisted foot to let her outside. She has a club foot. She was born with it, and she could. her mother could have paid to get the surgery done, and she could have had a normal foot, but her mother didn't want to spend the money. So when Ada's little brother Jamie is shipped out of London to escape the war, Ada doesn't waste a minute. She sneaks out to join him, which 
she may as well because her home life is really crappy. Her mother is the biggest piece of garbage, a major garbage person. So begins a new adventure of Ada, and for Susan Smith, the woman who is forced to take the two kids in, as Ada teaches herself to ride a pony, she learns to read and watches for German spies. She begins to trust Susan, and Susan begins to love Ada and Jamie. This woman, Susan, guys, let me tell you, she was a godsend to those two. And I'm not going to spoil the ending, but I was screaming out in frustration. Sunday night, getting close for me to start dinner, I'm like, okay, Jeremy, I got a few pages left. Just let me finish this. And he's in the computer room. I'm like, are you kidding me? No. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> I get so wrapped up in these books sometimes. I will literally be like, no, what are you doing? Why? And stuff like that. I just, see, that's what makes for a good read, is when you're getting upset with whatever's going on in the book, you're getting upset with characters, you're getting involved. The characters are actually meaning something to you. Same goes with the, when you're watching television. A show that in, you're invested in because you're invested in the characters and the time that you put in watching the show? Yeah. But anyway, but in the end, will their bond be enough to hold them together through wartime? Or will Ada and her brother fall back into the cruel hands of their mother? This masterful work of historical fiction is equal parts adventure and a moving tale of family and identity, a classic in the making. And there is a second book. Like I said, it's a duology, so it's two books. The War I Finally Won. I just put that on hold at the library while I liked... The War That Saved My Life, I did give it 3 out of 5 stars because it did take me a bit to finish it. And I'm just like, I really would rather just get the book from the library. I don't really want to purchase the second book. So, other than that, I'm just trying to read, um, finish up a book that I'm currently reading. The Lost Girl of Astor Street, which is set in 1924. And... It's about a girl whose friend goes missing. It's in 1924 Chicago with the speakeasies, the uh, prohibition where there's no drinking of alcohol and mobsters and all this stuff. Well, the setting is cool and all. The characters, the character, main character's name is Piper. It's her friend Lydia who goes missing. Um, it's good, but. Something in it is just lacking, and it's more like, I could have not finished it, but it's like, I want to see this outcome. Everything felt like it got kind of revealed early, like, halfway through the book, so I'm like, okay, what's going to go on now? How is this, is this just going to be a lot of dawdling and stuff like that? Because it's like, alright, I just want to finish it and be done with it, and I don't like doing that with a book. I want to be, I don't, I want to be immersed through the whole book, not just have something revealed like, oh, well, at least they're not dragging it out. But I don't know. I hope the author wows me in the very end because that would make the whole book worth it. Right now, my rating for this is going to be a strict three out of five. I really don't want to give it a two 
point five because I did I like the setting I like the main character I liked her feist like her feistiness but I just don't know um on my nook I'm reading Forever by Judy Bloom and that book came out in the seventies I believe and this is kind of a reread for me it's a short book but um let me know uh just to let you guys know this is not a book for it's aimed at teenagers, yes, but let me remind you, this book is set in the 70s. There are books that come out that are set, you know, during certain, you know, when they first come out and everything, like, it's in the 70s, it's in the 80s, so it's going to reflect those modern times. Well, some publishers or authors, I believe, have the author revise the book to modernize it for today's teens. Uh, I've heard instances with some of like the Nancy, I listened to um, some of the podcasts about literature and some of the books, like the Nancy Drew books, the Sweet Valley High books, stuff like that. One person will read the original book and then someone else will read a more current revised copy. And they'll kind of go over, like, the differences, like, the terms of slang. Like, in the modernized version, people have cell phones or computers where they don't really have to go to the library to do all their searching. They can go on the internet. I think that takes so much out of a book if you're going to go ahead and modernize it. It's like, so what if kids won't be able to fully relate to it? Come just leave it in its originalness as it originally was. Let kids know what it was like back when, you know, me and, you know, other 30-somethings were growing up without the cell phones, without the internet, without these computers and stuff like that. We made it just fine. We made it just fine. Um... Other than that, the book that I'm currently listening to on Audible is really cute. It's called Checked. It's by Cynthia Kedohara. I'm sorry, I most likely butchered that name. Um, this is a nice middle grade book, especially for young boys that are into hockey. Hockey's Connor's life. His whole life. He'll say it himself. He's a hockey beast. It's his dad's whole life, too, because his dad had been in the NHL for about three weeks. He made it that far. And Connor is sure that's why his stepmom, Jenny, left, because basically his dad was so focused on Connor and the hockey and everything like that. The stepmom just up and left. Um, Connor's mother had passed away from a... I'm not going to ruin that. She passed away when he was two. There are very few things Connor and his dad love more than the game. And one of those things is their Doberman Sinbad. I like how this book um, talks about... Because Sinbad is actually a rescue dog. They did get him from an animal shelter. And guys, I did my part. I got a dog from an animal shelter back when I was 13. And I know they say, you know, adopt, don't shop. But I have my heart on set on a pure, you know, golden retriever puppy. That's what I want. That's what I've wanted for the last few years. But anyway, 
When Sinbad is diagnosed with cancer, Connor chooses to put his hockey lessons and practices on hold so they can pay for Sinbad's chemotherapy. And he, Connor is such an efficient, he is a smart kid. He knows like, okay, I'm willing to give up my training and stuff like this. Like those extra training sessions with people so that way we can afford to take care of Sinbad's, you know, get him the operations, the stuff that he needs. Because, you know, he's their, he's their, uh, he's, he's their buddy and everything like that. Connor does not want to lose Sinbad, neither does his dad, you know? So Connor's willing to do what it takes. But without hockey to distract him, Connor begins to notice more. Like his dad's crying bouts and his friend's difficult family life. And then Connor I'm sorry. And then Connor notices one more thing. Without hockey, the one thing that makes him feel special the one thing that makes him feel special is he really special at all? Uh, I got probably like three hours left on this book, guys, and I'm really enjoying it. I mean, if I were a young boy, middle grade age, I would probably like it even more. But it, it's good. It's good. Um, when I finish it, I will let you guys know what I thought. But, alright. One last thing. Today is February 27th. Exactly one year ago today... I submitted this podcast, it was accepted by iTunes, and here I am a year later. Guys, I didn't even think anybody would even listen to this podcast. I was so nervous. I had been listening to podcasts for probably about three and a half to four years now. Actually, I think maybe it was 2015. But anyway, I'm like, what if I could do this? I was all about, you know, booktube and everything with the books. Like, eh, you gotta be a real go-getter when it comes to that stuff. Like, unless you're, like, really popular and really enthusiastic and energetic. And I am about this, about these podcasts that I do. Um, thank you all. Honestly, honest, honest, thank you, thank you, thank you guys for listening. This means so much to me that I was able to do this. I was able to stick with this because I have been known in the past to be able to give up easily on stuff. But I stuck with it even when maybe there weren't a lot of listeners at first and stuff like that. But I stuck with it. And even though I take breaks once in a while, like the break I'm going to be taking, I love doing this. I love talking about this show. I rag on the characters, yes. I, you know, we. I laugh. I have a good time. I want you guys to have a good time when you're listening to this. You know, it's not just, a, you know, so much criticizing about the show and everything like that. Because I, I, I tend to do. But I love these characters. I love the actors and actresses that brought them to life. I love the creators for creating these people up in their head. You know, for David Duclin and, or De- however you say his name, Brandon Tartikoff. You know, Soleil Moonfry, R.I.P., George Gaines, Cherry Johnson, Amy Foster, Casey Ellison, Susie Garrett, just uh, T.K. Carter, all of them. Brandon! 
or Sandy who plays Brandon played Brandon guys everybody this is oh R.I.P. um I think Brandon Tartikoff is dead. You know, I should be knowing this guys um thank you so much I love doing this I know that this sh- podcast is going to be wrapping up the Punky Brewster part anyway is going to be wrapping up since I'm taking a month off it's probably going to be wrapping up towards the end of the year and I have been thinking about doing another NBC show, just the first season, because <clears throat> the rest of the seasons are now on DVD. Um, but Silver Spoons, the first season of that, that was a good show. And even if I'm just doing the first season, guys, I want to keep this podcast going. And same with The Wonder Years. Um, I decided with that one that my other two podcasts, the Mr. Belvedere one, the American Dreams ones, are going to just be on the Wonder Years podcast because if you guys don't know, hosting these podcasts, that does cost money. SoundCloud is not cheap. And before you ask, guys, I'm not asking you for money. I'm never going to ask you guys for money because I don't see... That that would be the right thing. Other people do. They do the Patreon, and that's great for them. That, you know, but I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of that. I want to give this for you absolutely free. I'm just saying that, um, because for each one podcast that I do, you're paying a separate yearly fee. And right now, I just I have the Punky Brewster. I have the Wonder Years. I also have the Mr. Belvedere. But Mr. Belvedere, it's like. This would be get so much more listenership if I moved it over to the Wonder Years one, and that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm that, and the same with the American Dreams podcast is coming over to Wonder Years. And if if you guys want to hear about Mr. Belvedere, if you want to hear about American Dreams, go over there because you're gonna hear about it. Mr. Belvedere is only gonna be maybe a couple times a month. With that, I'm not doing every single episode. Each season, we have six characters to go through. Each character I've chosen the episodes for them. If you guys want I can even do a a, a listener's choice episode if you there's one you guys want to pick or suggest you can do that. American Dreams how that's going to go. Um, that one is going to be very it's not going to be too up and coming. I might get an episode out once in a while. Um, Wonder Years, when that wraps up, that should wrap up later this year. Like, late later this year. American Dreams is going to pretty much take over from there. Because I'm going to be done with the uh, Punky Brewster and just... A lot of stuff, guys. A lot of stuff's going to be going on. I know, I know, you're probably thinking you bit off way more than you can chew. And boy, oh boy, have I learned that in this last year. Last year was all about podcasting. I really didn't leave time to really do much of anything. I mean, yes, Jeremy and I went on that trip to Washington, D.C. That was our, you know, this summer. We're hoping, praying that we can go to Wyoming to see Jeremy's brother, wife, and, you know, the twins, Daniel and Cecily. So, that's what we're hoping. But, alright guys, I've talked to you off enough. One year anniversary of Punky Brewster. I love you all. 
keep listening. You know, if you want to hit me up on the Gmail, punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Facebook page, Punky Power Podcast. Same with Instagram. Same with Twitter. Twitter is Punky Brewster's uh, Twitter. That is, or Punky Power Podcast's Twitter. That is the only one that I got going up there anymore. I took the other two, the Wonder Years, Belvedere, and American Dreams down. Well, they're not deleted, but I'm not even using them because it's pointless. So, that being said... Alright guys, let's get into beer and buffaloes. Buffaloes don't mix. (laughs) Alright guys. honest. How do I look? (laughs) I'll try again. Betty, be diplomatic. How do I look? (laughs) I'm tired of you belittling the benevolent order of buffaloes. I'm proud to be a Bob. Well, I'm proud to be a Betty, but I don't walk around with an animal on my head. have I been summoned, your imperial horniness? (laughs) Mrs. Johnson, when you regain your composure, we'll discuss the annual Buffalo fundraiser. Are you going to want me to sell Buffalo kisses again? Yes, but this year we'll see if we can get them to pay you. (laughs) Actually, we needed a nurse, so I volunteered your services for our blood pressure station. Fine. I'm curious to see if you Bobs have any blood pressure. (laughs) Maintain that attitude and your dance card will be empty at the Bison Bop. The Bison Bop? Yes, that's when we really let down our horns. So Henry, in fact, does say Bob. He said, I'm proud to be a Bob you know, the benevolent order of buffalo. And Betty's like, well, I'm proud to be a Betty, but it doesn't mean I will go around with an animal on my head. <laughs> this thing has got a, like, this thing is, like, really tall. And, I mean, I don't know how much it weighs. I mean, you'd think, like, especially for him, that that would kind of put a crick in your neck or, like, give you a stiff, just that weight on your head. Although maybe it weighs next to nothing, I don't know. Oh, even Brandon's getting worked up staring at this hat. Like, what the heck? I mean, Brandon is a golden... He's a retriever, after all. I'm not saying they run and chase after buffaloes, but... (laughs) So, Betty asks him, Why have I been summoned your uh, imperial horniness? Like, oh, nowadays that could be taken out of such content. Context. But it's not, you know, it's 80s, so we're not looking at this in a weird way yet. So Henry wants to talk to her about this fundraiser and everything like that. And she's like, are you going to have me selling these buffalo kisses? Basically, it's probably a kissing booth. And then Henry jokes about, yes, but we'll see if the, uh, 
the people can pay you or something. I don't know to that effect exactly. But he does say, you know, being your nurse, um, we have a blood pressure station that we're setting up. And he's, she's like, yeah, I can do that. It's That's no problem. And then, um, so he makes a comment about, oh, if you're going to have a bad a attitude, your uh, dance card will be empty for the bison bop. And she's like, the bison bop? And then he does this funny thing where Henry lifts up one leg at a time and kind of like moves his knee a little bit and then puts it down and then lifts the other one up and he puts his his fists, his arms and you know, his hands are closed in the fists and, and she just, Betty just just thinks this is hilarious like, yeah, you with that thing on your head, Henry, you do look kind of ridiculous. <laughs> is that is that the bison dance? Is that the uh, is that the uh, the routine for the bison bop dance? I mean, Henry, you know you're not a real buffalo, right? You're just wearing the hat. All right, so now we're moving out to the outside of the apartment. That bike, that blue bike, is always there against that wall. And there's always a mop bucket in the far corner by the French doors or double doors leading to the outside. Uh, we see Cherry and Punky coming up around the corner. And they look really flustered and, like, really stressed out. But I do want to point out, Punky's wearing all blue. And Cherry is wearing yellow with, uh, I think she's wearing yellow shoes, but black pants. I like that. Oh, and she, her headband is, um, is yellow too. So I love that she, that outfit just matches. But I think Punky might be wearing the same color shoes. Yeah, they're almost kind of like, like boots. And Punky turns to Cherry like, were you scared? So Cherry's like, is geography boring? I was terrified. And this is like, you kind of, we don't know yet what they're talking about. But then Punky drops the bomb. She said, I can smell the beer on his breath. Oh. Yeah, and this is just immediately like, whoa. Where did you girls get a ride from? Who drove you home, kiddos? So Cherry is all like, you know, the next time Mr. Deaton offers me a ride home, I'm walking. I'm not getting in a vehicle with him. And Punky's like, yeah, Mr. Deaton shouldn't have been driving. It's like, no, he shouldn't have. He's got his own kid. He's got two other kids in his car. You're responsible for their lives, your life, and every other life that's on the road the same time as you, Mr. Deaton. That man's license needs to be taken away. Someone should have pulled him over. Especially if he's driving erratically. He could have caused an accident. He could have killed those kids. And his own. And he would be in jail. Most likely for manslaughter. But I'm going to play this clip. And I'll be right back. Were you scared? Is geography boring? I was terrified. I could smell the beer in his breath. The next time Mr. Deaton offers me a ride, I'm walking. Same here. He shouldn't have been driving. But he's Joey's dad. And we can't tell an adult what to do. I think it's a federal law. <laughs> I'll tell Henry. He'll know what to do. He's always sensible. 
does bring up a point being that, you know, it's Joey's dad and we can't tell an adult what to do. See, this is back in the 80s when you were taught to respect your elders. I think nowadays that philosophy goes right out the window. It really, really does. Um... <clears throat> You know, and right, maybe you can't tell an adult what to do, but you can tell another adult what's going on and have them take care of the situation. Because this is something that needs to seriously be addressed. And Punky says, you know what? We'll go to Henry. He's he always knows what's to what's he always knows what ugh, why can I not talk? He always knows what to do. And Punky adds, you know how Henry's always sensible. And then Punky opens the door and we got Henry and Betty doing some funky little jive buffalo dance here. <laughs> Henry just looks so goofy. So, uh, I love Cherry's line when she's like, hey, nice hat. What do you feed it? Like, good on you, Cherry Johnson. I love that quip, girl. You keep that wit. And this gets a major laugh out of Mrs. Johnson and Punky. <laughs> but at least, you know, coming from a kid, Henry is taking this in good humor. He really, really is being a good sport about it. Because sometimes when a kid, like, points out an observation, it's because they're young and everything. And as an adult, sometimes you just kind of... Gotta kind of roll with it. I mean, she wasn't being offensive. She wasn't being rude. She was just like, hey, I like the hat. What do you feed it? I like how Henry looks at Betty's like, did you te tell her to say that? And Betty's like, no, but I wish I had. It's like, yeah, that good. Cherry's got some good ones. She you know, gets that from her grandma. So Betty and Cherry leave. And I love uh, Betty's leaving remark as they head out the doorway. She says to Cherry, Step carefully now, we're in Buffalo Country. So Punky closes the door, turns around, and in a serious tone, she's like, Henry, there's something I want to talk to you about. So Henry thinks he's figured out what she wants to say. He's like, you finally decided to become a junior bison then. Which... What is that, the equivalent of a Girl Scout? Uh, I don't know. Well, at least she's honest. She's like, well, I haven't quite wanted to commit just yet to that. But she does say, you know, what I have to tell you is actually very important. But before Punky can say anything, there's a knock at the door. And it just happens to be Joey Deaton and his father. So, crap. So it turns out Mike, Joey's dad, is actually a member of this buffalo organization as they do the ritual buffalo handshake thing with the horns, with the head, with the whatnot, or hoofs and horns and whatever. And of course Mike is like, hey, uh, not in front of the kid, not in front of the uninitiated. It's like a secret handshake and Henry's like, oh, right, right. So it turns out the reason that they were there was, or the reason they stopped by is because Punky left her jacket after she was trying to climb out of the car of death. So I want to play this clip from the time that Joey hands her the jacket and then 
Joey's dad, Mike, kind of like, hey, Punky, did you tell your dad about the ride home? And she's like, oh, I haven't gotten to that yet. <laughs> so I'll play that clip. I'll be right back. <laughs> you jumped out of the car so fast you forgot your jacket. Punky, did you tell your dad about your ride home today? Uh, I was just going to. A little crazy, wasn't it? A little. Henry? I am breaking in a brand spanking new red convertible. I couldn't resist letting it out. Will you take me for a spin sometime? What about right now? We could all burn a little rubber around the neighborhood. No. No? Not right now, okay? No problem. We'll cruise later in the week. Come on, Joey, you can drive home. No kidding? Well, I'll let you honk the horn. Got you, son. Got you again. <laughs> Isn't he a great guy? It sounds like you really like him a lot. Oh, yes. He's young and a full of life. I'm old, tired, full of prunes. <laughs> Mike makes me feel 20 years younger. Now, what was that you wanted to talk to me about? Uh, oh, nothing. Nothing? He said it was very important. It is important. It's important that... I try your buffalo hat. <laughs> How do I look? Hi, George. That is a silly hat. So Punky's like, oh, I was just about to. And this is when Mike is like, hey, Henry, I got this cherry red convertible that I'm breaking in. Okay. So he's got... He didn't move to California. He stayed in Chicago. So he's probably still in the same position. Or maybe he got a promotion. I don't know. Anyway. Um, I want to know what exactly is... I mean, it's one thing to drink, like... Rec What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, recreationally. Like, maybe at a party. But you don't drink to excess. You don't drink to the point where you're going to get a hangover. Or maybe I don't know. It just... Maybe it depends on the person. But the fact that this guy just seems out of nowhere, I mean, unless he's been doing this for a while, drinking and driving, because this episode is pretty much driving that point home. With the, It's not so much just the drinking, it's the fact that he's drinking and then he's getting behind the wheel of a car. Also with a child in the vehicle with him. But what exactly is he doing? Why is he drinking to excess? Why are you drinking so early in the morning? It's that's gonna come up, is when Henry finally notices. So, so Henry's like, "Hey, do you think you'd take me for a spin?" And Joe, uh, Mike's like, "Hey, why not right now? We'll just take a spin around the neighborhood." And Punky gets up right away. It's like she's like, uh, "No, how about we don't do that right now?" And it's like, compared to Joey's dad last episode, he seems like. A funny guy, in a way. Funny haha, he's a jokester. I'm not getting the impression that he is drunk drunk. Not even remotely, he doesn't even look tipsy. I mean, if you're going to display this guy as drunk, which they will later, then let's just, I mean, I think it's the point where Henry's not going to notice regardless because he's too enamored by the idea of getting in a red convertible. I mean, who wouldn't, right? I mean, I be, I mean red, but 
I'm not into cars. I'm I'm not a big fan. I mean, I drive them. They get me from where I need to go from here to my job to home again. And sometimes to the store, but I don't fall in love with them like this guy seems to be. So Mike it pretty much is like, oh, well, okay, you don't want to do it? We can just do it later in the week. And then he holds out the keys to Joey, like, hey, Joey, you can drive home. And Joey's like, his eyes get as big as saucers, like, really, Dad? And Mike's like, yeah, I'll let you honk the horn. He's like, oh, great, okay. So Mike and Joey head out the door, and then Punky's like, oh, well, Henry's like, you know, he's a great guy. And Punky's like, oh, yeah, you really like him, huh? And I think what attracts Henry to Mike is the fact that Mike is young. He says he's young, he's energetic, you know, compared to Henry, who's, you know, getting on in years. He's older, he's not able to do as much anymore. So he's attracted to the exuberance and the enthusiasm that Mike holds within himself. And that can lead to Henry being, you know, consciously blind. Because all he's seen is Mike, young dude, he's got a sweet car, and he's not going to see the big picture just yet. But then again, guys, we haven't even gotten to that part. He says Mike makes him feel 20 years younger. Well, if you're hanging around a guy who's like 40 years younger, or you know, 30 years younger than you, you're probably going to want to, you know, hang on to that youthfulness. I mean, that's what he's attracted to. But at least Henry sits down, takes off the stupid hat, and he's like, okay, you, you wanted to talk to me about something. And right then, it's like, Punky's lost any, all nerve to be able to, I mean, Henry's in happy Mike land, Mike's an awesome dude. She doesn't want to burst his bubble right then and there, because... Henry's on cloud nine, and I don't think that anything she says is going to deter him from thinking the guy's a great guy. So she's like, oh, well, I uh, wanted to try your hat on. And <laughs> she puts it on, and it, like, goes all the way practically past her mouth. And that's when Henry's, like, seeing that this hat on someone else, he's like, yeah, that hat is kind of goofy looking. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. It actually just goes past her nose. She's able to talk. But it's like, oh, that thing's kind of... I mean, it's not a real buffalo thing. It's just something that someone made with, like, fake wig hair and fake horns and stuff like that. All right, now it looks like it's... Is it later that day? Because the girls are still wearing the same exact things they came into the episode wearing. They're in the kitchen... And they're just, you know, talking about the situation. It's like, I wanted to tell Henry. He was just so happy. He really likes Joey's dad. He's really awesome. And I just didn't want to burst his bubble. So I want to play this between the girls, their conversation. They're eating Oreos. That is a lot of milk in Brandon's dog dish. Punky, that is a lot of wasted milk. That dog is not going to drink that milk because it will give him the craps. We'll give them the diarrhea poops. As she takes a dog biscuit, a milk bone, drops it, it stirs it in the milk. Here you go. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. But the girls are eating the Oreos. 
Speaking of Oreos, you guys know I love the hot and cinnamon, you know, limited edition Oreos that came out. Of course, Jeremy gave me flack about it. Like, why did you buy six bags of these? Do we really need six bags of these Oreos? And I'm like, well, they weren't on display really anymore. You know how they have them on display on an end cap in a store and everything like that? Or they have them out in the middle of the aisle. Well, these ones were tucked away somewhere. There weren't a lot. And, like, limited edition means it's going away. It's go That's why it's limited, right? Well, here, let me get six bags. These should last quite a while. <laughs> and that way, by the time I get done eating them, they won't be there anymore. Or something to that effect. I mean, I'm still seeing a few bags, but I know, guys. I know. I went overboard. Like I do. You guys, you don't know the curse, right? The curse is everything that I like gets discontinued. Even especially if it's not a limited edition thing. It's like, as soon as I stop buying something I like, like, okay, I'm sick of it. And then like a month or so passes, I'm like, oh, you know what? Or three to six months later, it's like, you know what? I really want to try that. What? It's not here. Oh my god, no! Why? Everything I love, they take away. It's very true. Jeremy says I shouldn't like anything because it'll get taken away. They won't make it anymore. But I'll play this clip between the girls. I'll be right back. Henry and Mr. Dean are such good friends. But after he left, I just didn't feel right saying anything. Wise move. You don't want to get a grown-up mad at you. Especially a drunk one. But I'm worried about Joey. His dad drives him around all the time. <laughs> you think I should talk to Joey about this? I don't know, Punky. Don't worry, I'm pretty good at that honesty stuff. Remember when I gave our gym teacher a breath mint? Yeah, she made you do 50 extra sit-ups. Right? <laughs> but I didn't have to hold my breath while I was doing them. I still think it's a mistake. Don't worry, Joey will understand. He's part of our Just Say No Club. And if we don't say anything and he gets hurt, it'll be our fault. You're absolutely right. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck now, then you're coming with me. Couldn't I just say no? No. So after Punky Toast Cherry, it's like, I didn't want to say anything to ruin Henry's good mood because, you know, he thinks that Mr. Deaton's such a great guy. And Cherry's like, yeah, you don't want to get an adult mad, especially a drunk one. Like, eh, yeah, you really don't. But that leads to the question is, where would Cherry have seen so, uh, a drunk, angry man? My, my guess is, like, cops or something on TV, but was cops... I don't think Cops was on at this time, was it? I thought Cops was like an 80s thing. Or, I'm sorry, a 90s thing. I'm gonna look that up. Oh, I guess Cops started in 1989 and it's still going on. On IMDb, there's like 1,012 episodes. Holy crap. Whoa. There's like 30 seasons of Cops. And the last episode was January 22nd, 2018. Okay. Just Desserts. That's a weird title for an episode. 
So all this time that Cherry and Punky are talking, Brandon's got his head, just his chin on the table, and his eyes keep darting back and forth between Punky and Cherry. It's just kind of comical. But as Punky is stirring a milk bone into Brandon's water bowl, which is filled with milk, um, she mentions how she's worried about Joey being like, Joey's dad is always driving him around. He's probably drunk all the time. So Punky's like, do you think maybe I should talk to Joey about it? And Cherry's like, eh, I don't think. But then Punky kind of cuts her off. Like, remember when, uh, that honest, she says, um, how she's good with the whole honesty thing. Because remember when I told the gym teacher that she needed a Tic Tac or a breath mint or whatever? And Cherry's like, yeah, she made you do, like, 50 extra um, sit-ups. And Punky's like, yeah, but I didn't have to hold my breath while I was doing them. And I love this callback here to the Just Say No Club. She's like, don't worry, Joey's part of our Just Say No Club and everything. And Cherry really does not want to go over there and deal with the whole brunt of this, like, confronting Joey about his father. It's like... Guys, you gotta have tact when dealing with some, especially if you're accusing an adult of something. Although they're right, they're right. But you know, this kid Joey, guys, you know from the last two episodes, this kid has got anger issues, an attitude. He's very, very defensive. He's gonna be protective of his father. He's not gonna want to hear what they have to say. So it's just. Yes, they're right. They're right where they're coming from. But, like I said, you gotta be careful. People, he's immediately Joey's gonna be on the defense. It's like, don't you dare talk about my dad like that. So, they end up heading over to Joey's house. It takes a little convincing for Punky to get Cherry to tag along. But I'm gonna play the clip and I'll be right back. Hi, Joey. Hi. Your mom said we can come up. She also said to stop sweeping things under your bed. <laughs> so, what's up? Hunky wants to talk to you about your dad. <laughs> what about my dad? Well, yesterday he was driving kind of funny, and I could smell beer on his breath. Grownups can drink beer if they want to. It's part of being grown up. Yeah, but you're not supposed to drink and drive. Look, my father knows what he's doing. Besides, who died made you the road warrior. <laughs> I just thought the drive home yesterday was a little scary. Cherry, were you scared? Uh, only when my eyes were open. <laughs> you see? Look, woman's goody two-shoes. You're lucky we gave you a ride at all. I'm not saying anything against your father. I was just worried about you. Me? Worried about yourself and that beat-up old team Mr. Warnemont drives. If he really cared about you, he wouldn't drive you around that hunk of junk. My father wouldn't do anything to hurt me. Not on purpose, but maybe if he had too much to drink. Maybe out of mind your own stupid business. You're just jealous. At least I have a real dad. You probably don't even know who your real dad is. I don't want to ever talk to you again. Beat it! So the girls take their jackets, head off the door and everything. And when they're gone, Brandon hops up into Punky's seat, pulls out a milk bone out of the jar, and swirls it around in the milk as he 
eats it. Now we move on to Joey's room as he's got a broom and he is pushing all that crap underneath his bed. We got socks, comic books, a baseball mitt, probably some uh, chip bag, empty chip bags, underwear, stuff like that. And it's just, this kid goes like to town like I'm shoving all this crap under the bed. Mom is never going to be the wiser. Yeah, well, I'm sure she will be when there's going to be, like, bugs and mice and roaches all, like, hovering in all that crap. So, uh, here's my question. Where's this little dude puppy? Where did he go? Did he... Did the puppy get Parvo or Giardia from the city sidewalks and pass away? Did they realize they couldn't afford the dog? That Joey wasn't equipped to take care of the dog. And they just said, well, we'll have to give it to someone else. I have no idea. But Punky and Cherry come up and they mention how, oh, uh, your mom told us we could come up. But uh, she also said, please stop shoving stuff, sweeping stuff under your bed. So he's like, hey, oh, what's up? And then Cherry's like, um, Punky wants to talk to you about your dad. And that's when Joey pulls a can of Coke from underneath the chair that's sitting near his bed. He's like, oh, okay, what, what about my dad? And Punky's like, well, did you notice yesterday that he was driving a little erratically? She also does bring up the point that she could smell beer on his breath. Yeah, try denying that, Joey Deaton. Oh, here's Joey's comeback. Grown-ups can drink beer if they want to. Sure, yes, grown-ups over 21 can drink beer. However, they cannot drink a beer and then operate a vehicle afterwards. That is the law. There's a reason for it. He's like, that's the part of being grown up, as he takes a swig of his pop. And Punky's like, yeah, but you're not supposed to drink and drive. Oh, Joey gets right up in her face and points the fingers like, hey, my dad knows what he's doing. Really, kid? Really? Or are you just scared to admit that what she's telling you is 100% the truth? You're just scared to admit it, and you don't want to face it. Your dad's got a problem. So he's going to go on the defense, and he's going to start attacking Punky. Verbally, not physically. So Punky's like, hey, I just thought the drive home yesterday was a little scary. And then Joey's like, Cherry, were you scared? And Cherry's like, uh, only when my eyes were open. Really, Joey? You like that kind of driving? You like your dad driving all radically? And probably going well over the speed limit, probably hitting trash cans or hitting curbs and banging into vehicles. And Punky, he's basically pointing to Cherry like, you see, see, I'm not the only one that feels this way. And Joey's even getting even pissed off. He's like, you're lucky we gave you a ride at all. I'm thinking, um, you know what, next time I'll walk. You don't offer me a ride. If you're going to be a jerk about it. So at least Punky does try to come back like, I'm not saying anything bad against your dad, alright? I'm not. I'm just worried about you. It's like, somebody has to be Joey because your dad sure as heck does not care that he is endangering your life and other people's. So Joey immediately also takes offense at this. He's like, me? Why are you worried about me? Why don't you worry about yourself? Mr. Warnemont driving you around in a whole piece of crap vehicle. 
Oh, um, we do not see Joey's mother in this. She is, uh, Allie Mills, who played Donna Deaton, is probably off working on The Wonder Years. Even though this is in 87, they're probably getting ready to film The Wonder Years. Because if she were here, you can better bet that shouting. She's gonna like, okay, Joey, what is going on up here? That is not how you speak to your friends. I mean, if I were his mother, I'd be up there like, what is the problem? Because honestly, this boy needs to talk to somebody. A professional somebody. Because that anger is only going to get worse as he gets older. He's, what, 10, 11 years old? Yeah, he hasn't even hit actual puberty yet. And that anger is going to develop into very unpleasant ways. And Joey kind of sits down and he's like, my dad wouldn't do anything to hurt me. And Punky's like, well, maybe not intentionally. You know, and she's like, well, maybe if he had too much to drink. And then Joey sits back up from the chair. He points. He's really big in the pointing, like, emphasizing his points here. So he tells her, mind your own stupid business. And the point here, he, oh my gosh. I don't believe in physical abuse. But that kid needs to be smacked upside the head. Because this is a low blow coming from this kid. I know you're angry, but you don't go there. Not with somebody. He says, at least, he's like, you're just jealous. At least I have a real dad. You probably don't even know who your real dad is. I'm like, whoa, 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 Joey Deaton. You don't. I, I really, he, he tells him, you know, get out of here. I don't want to see you again. I'm like, you know, fine, fine. Your dad gets into a wreck with you in it, then fine. I did my part. I tried to tell you. You wouldn't listen. This is on you now. Anything that happens now is going to be on you. Guys, I'm sorry for speaking so strongly about this, but this angers me to no end. What is going to anger me even more coming up is going to be Henry's attitude when Punky actually tells him what's going on. I mean, let me ask you guys this. Oops, sorry, I didn't mean to bump the mic. Um, if your child came home after getting a ride from, you know, a family friend, someone that you know and trusted with your kid and said, so-and-so was drinking, they smelled like they're, they reeked a beer, or say they were under the influence of mind-altering sub- substances, prescription drugs, you know, whatever. And they drove your child home. They didn't get into an accident, but maybe they clink. Just the fact that they were driving erratically or under the influence. Let me ask you this. Would you t- take your child seriously, even though, say, this person that drove your kid home was, like, your best friend that you've known since you were kids? You would take that, you would take that so seriously. You would never, ever, ever put your friend above your own child that you gave birth to, that you decided from day one that you were going to protect them and love them. You would not do that. Your child would be your first priority. And Henry, you signed up for that when you took her in, when you became a foster parent, and then when you signed those adoption papers, she is legally your child now. For you to watch and to take care of and to look out for. And if someone is driving drunk and driving your kid home, you better believe you get out there and you take care of that. You say, don't you ever, ever, ever pick up my kid again. 
I don't ever want to hear that they've been in a vehicle with you or even in your presence. Because this is done. I mean, yes, I know people make mistakes, but as far as I'm concerned, drinking and driving is a choice. That isn't a mistake. You chose to take the keys, to take the drink, to get behind the wheel and drive. I'm sorry if that upsets people, especially those that say it's just one drink. It's never just one drink. That is not the point. The point is, you took a drink, you got behind the wheel, you drove home. Whether you made it home safely without hurting yourself or anybody, that's one thing. But that's not the point. It's the point that you broke the law. And I'm sorry harping on this, guys. I really am. But, I mean, I don't know anyone especially that has been... I've known people that have drank drunk and drive and they've gotten into accidents and everything like that. People in my family that have done that and I just they're lucky they didn't hurt someone else. They're really dang lucky. Um I have a family member that actually lost his license for a specific amount of time and I had to drive them around. This was when I was logging my hours for driver's training, and it's just... Looking back on it now as an adult, I just... I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed to know that that person would make those choices. He would make those choices again and again and again, regardless of the results of what happened of losing your license. I don't care whether you live in the city. I don't care if you live in the country. You don't do that. You don't think just because I live out in the country, there aren't a lot of cops around. I can do whatever. And I'm sorry to be shaming this person, but that just really embarrasses me. So I'm going to just... I'm going to be done with this. Guys, we're going to get back into this episode. So Punky and Cherry leave... Not before Cherry gives Joey the look of, I'm going to kill you because you spoke to my friend that way. I don't want to have anything to do with you. And they leave, slam the door. Joey throws a little Nerf basketball, a little soft basketball at the door. And he sits down on his bed, really irritated. And it's like, I think the fact that he realizes what they're saying is true, it's just that he doesn't want to accept that. He doesn't want to... His dad's his hero. He doesn't want to think of him as anything less than that. So now we got um, Joey's dad, Mike, coming over. And this guy, you can tell he is... He's under the influence. Just his swaggering... His limbs flailing loosely, just, oh, oh, like, hey, Henry, you got any beers? And you got any brewskis? And Henry's like, no, I have iced tea skis. So this is when Henry's like, hey, Mike, Cherry and Punky were really upset. They won't say what's going on. And Mike's like, yeah, Joey's really down on Punky. He won't tell me why, but. So, of course, Mike's solution to the problem, like, hey, let's drive out, let's get in the convertible, take it to Six Flags, throw the kids on some rides, they'll be buddies at the end of the day. It's like, 
it's not that easy. It is not that simple to fix. So apparently Henry thinks that's a grand. I'm like, hey, okay, we'll do that tomorrow. And as Mike gets ready to leave, Punky walks into the apartment and she is like dazed, like, hi, Mr. Deaton. Like, why are you in my apartment? I was hoping I'd never have to see your face again. So Mike's like, hey, Punky, put on your party sneakers. We are going to have an awesome time tomorrow. And he leaves. Punky turns to Henry and she's like, party sneakers? What is he talking about? I'm going to play this clip. This this is where she finally opens up to Henry and tells him what's going on. And I'll be right back. Mr. Deaton and I thought it would be really fun to go to Six Flags tomorrow. Just the two of you? Of course not. <laughs> With you and Joey. Mr. Deaton will take us in his new convertible. I don't know, Henry. Wouldn't Puccini be more fun? Frankie, when I mentioned Puccini before, you went... That meant I was starved for opera. Frankie, what is going on here? I'm afraid to be in a car that Mr. Deedon's driving. Afraid? Why? Because of the last time. Remember when he drove Cherry and me home from school? Yes. He'd been drinking beer and he drove real crazy. It scared us. Did you actually see him drinking? No, I could smell it. And the way he drove, we could tell. Frankie, when you accuse people of things, you have to have proof. The fact that you thought you smelled beer isn't enough. What you smelled could have been new upholstery. I know what upholstery smells like. This wasn't upholstery. This was Miller time. <laughs> Maybe he was having trouble adjusting to his new car. You don't believe me. It's not that I don't believe you, Punky. Couldn't it be possible that you were mistaken? Anything's possible. Well, then. I think a good friend deserves the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> so Henry tells Punky that he and Joe, uh, Mr. Deaton thought it would be great to go to Six Flags tomorrow. And Punky's like, oh, you mean the two of you? And Henry's like, no, I mean the four of us. Me, Mr. Deaton, you, and Joey. So this is a perfect opening for Punky to finally say what's going on. So Punky's like, I don't know, Henry. Wouldn't Puccini be fun? And I'm guessing that's opera. Um, Henry's like, you know, Punky, the last time I mentioned Puccini to you, you did the, you know, with the finger down the throat. Like, she didn't want to do that. So she was like, May I think Punky's like, maybe if I kind of steer this in the direction of us doing something else instead. Because right now, not only does she want to keep herself safe, she wants to keep Henry safe as well. I mean, she would agree to do anything else as long as it keeps her and Henry out of that guy's car. So of course Henry sees right through her act and he's like, alright Punky, level with me, what's really going on? And this is where Punky says... 
I'm afraid to get in a car with Mr. Deaton because of what happened last time. Oh, she's afraid to be in a car that Mr. Deaton is driving. Okay. So she tells it, she refers to it because of what happened last time when he drove, drove Cherry and me home from school. He was driving really erratically, all crazy-like, and I could smell beer on his breath. So she says he'd been drinking beer and he'd been driving, he was driving all crazy and it scared us. I know Joey won't admit it, but I'm sure that had to have freaked him out too. But he just loves his dad so much that it breaks his heart to have to say anything. So here's Henry's response. Did you actually see him drinking? Henry, really? You don't need to see someone drinking to know that they're drunk. Especially if they're reeking of beer. I mean, the fact that that guy is loaded at whatever time in the morning? My god. It's like that alcohol, like, gets in your system, doesn't it? And it, like, just seeps out of your pores. Like, it's like your body just, like, gives off that alcohol scent. I mean, that guy must have been drinking a lot. He's not drinking one beer. He's probably drinking a full six-pack and then getting behind the wheel of the car. You know, she's like, you know, the way he drove, you know, I could smell it. And the way he drove, it's like, we could tell that he'd been drinking. It's like, guys, you can tell if someone is under the influence of something. If they're not normally themselves, and they're going, like, faster than the speed allows. If they're, like, weaving back and forth and unable to stay in the lane. Or, or so this is really making me angry, man, uh, Henry. Guys, I said I was going to get into this. It's like... He's like, when you accuse someone of something, you have to have proof. Maybe in some cases, but you don't need real, how much proof you need other than you can smell this guy reeks of alcohol. You know, give him a breathalyzer and I'm sure he will light that thing up. Which leads me to ask the question, has this guy always been having an issue with this? Or did something happen because he didn't get that promotion? Is he having issues with his marriage? What is causing this guy to just casually drink like it's no big deal? I mean, I grew up in the 80s and 90s and stuff like that. So it's like, come on. You're not drinking. You just... I, uh, I don't know. I'm really... I just... I'm irritated with Henry, the fact that he's not, like I said, he's not taking this seriously at all. He's siding with Mr. Deaton over his own child. What if Punky had come to him and said, I don't want to be around Mr. Deaton, he touched me inappropriately. How would he react to that? Would he, well, where's your proof? How did it happen? I mean, yes, drinking and driving is completely different from but it's the fact that your child felt comfortable enough felt you were sensible enough that she could come to you with a problem and here you are just putting a wall up here and you're siding with you're not siding with the victim you're siding with the person that is the cause of the problems he even goes so far to say maybe what you smelled wasn't beer but new upholstery. And Punky's like, I know what new upholstery smells like. This was Miller time. Like Miller beer. 
It's like, really, Henry, did he get a, a, pulse, a beer-scented upholstery for his leather seat? I doubt it. You can tell the difference between a new car smell and beer. They are so distinctly different that if you blindfolded a person and put them in a new car and then you put them in a brewery, they would be able to tell the difference. So Henry stands up, turns away from her, and kind of like chuckles to himself like this kid. This is just child's making stuff up. As he's coming around with another excuse. It's like maybe he had problems adjusting to his new car. Are you kidding me, Henry? Problems adjusting to his new car is not going to make you swerve all over the damn road. I'm sorry, I did not mean to swear, guys. I'm sorry about that, but it's not going to make you swerve all over the road. So Punky looks at him, at Henry. She's like, you don't believe me? And Henry's like, well, it's not that I don't believe you. I'm like, Henry, just say you don't believe her because you have already brought up two excuses to shut anything she could say down. So it's not that I don't believe you. Do you think that maybe you might have been mistaken? Henry, you don't mistake that, okay? That, <laughs> you, <laughs> and, and, and Punky is just kind of like, Thinking, like, maybe Henry's logic might be, you maybe there's a possibility that she could have been. But you got another witness in the car. Cherry. I mean, Joey clearly isn't going to break away from his father's defense. But Cherry is another. Get her down there. Talk to Betty. Cherry should be talking to Betty about this. And you better believe Betty would be getting on Mr. Deaton like no tomorrow. She'd be like, don't you ever take my kid out or this child either. And she would be on Henry too. Like, you should be believing her. So Henry kisses her on the top of the head and walks away. Before that, he said, I think a good friend deserves the benefit of the doubt. Okay, here's something else. Henry has not known Mr. Deaton that long. He's known Punky for at least over a year. Why are you siding with someone you haven't even known for six months or whatever? You're siding with that person over someone you went out of your way to take into your home and adopt. Bad form, Henry. Bad form. So it's the next day, probably Saturday or Sunday. And, well, this might be Sunday. Maybe the following day was Saturday. Um, <clears throat> Henry's like, hey, Punky... You almost ready? Joey and Mr. Deaton are going to be here. And Henry's wearing shorts with a long button-up shirt. I'm like, why are you wearing <clears throat> a t-shirt? But although, I mean, you're in a convertible. The top's going to be down. You're probably going to be on the expressway. It's going to be a little chilly. But shorts and a long sleeve shirt just looks so out of character. <laughs> but seeing these shorts... Like, oh my gosh, I want shorts weather so bad. <laughs> it's almost here. We're going into marches of this week. <laughs> I know, it probably won't be shorts weather till what, late April, May? Punky comes out. She's all decked in. She's got her bike helmet on. She's got, like, an umpire's um, chest thing, you know, uh, the rubber thing to protect from getting hit in the chest. She's got, like, it looks like hockey gloves on. Or up. 
Um, she's also got long, like, hockey-like knee pads. So she is ready. It's like, she gets flung out of the vehicle and everything like that. Boom. She is partially protected, at least. She's thinking ahead. Although she's, um, buckle buckled in and everything. I mean, she'll be able to take some of the force without hopefully not too much physical damage to her. Pumpkin's like, alright, here I am. And Henry's like, what are you wearing? I want to play this clip as Henry's like, what? Why are you wearing this? And then she talks about her will. She's written her will and she's left everything of her that she owns to him and Brandon. So I'll play the clip. I'll be right back. <laughs> Mike and Shirley are going to pick us up any minute. Are you ready to go? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Okay. I made out my will. I left everything to you and Brand. Sorry, Henry, but he wanted my Madonna tapes. Thank you. You look ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, what about those knees? You better wear this. I'll give you some protection. I am not going to wear this, and you are not going to wear that. I love how she turns to Henry and says, Sorry, Brandon wanted my Madonna tapes. So Henry calls Punky out for being ridiculous, and she just looks at him like, I'm ridiculous? Check out your knees, Henry. So she pulls the buffalo head off the couch and says, here, you might want to wear this for protection. And Henry takes it from her, puts it back on the couch. She's like, I, he's like, I am not wearing that and you are not wearing that. It's like, Henry, she wants to be protected. Let her be, feel protected because you're clearly don't care about her protection. So that's when Henry, or, uh, Punky sits on the couch, folds her arms across her chest and sticks out her bottom lip. And Henry pretty much just mimics her, sticks out his bottom lip. It's like, Henry, she's not playing around. And you're going to find out real fast that she's not messing around here. So now we're outside of the apartment. We get um, Mike and Joey pulling open the convertible. Uh, Mike says, hey, go get your friend. And Joey's like, why? Oh, I also want to point out that there is, like, a cloth b backdrop of downtown Chicago. And you can tell it's cloth because there's a couple creases in the, um, the, cloth, the cloth backdrop that you can see. There's at least quite a few of them. Alright, so I like the fact the car is red. That's cool. White interior Ugh, no, I'd rather be black interior, seriously. White is going to show so much dirt and gook. So the, both of the guys hop out of the car and Mike's like, Hey, I uh, noticed you didn't smile while we were on the way here. You didn't get any bugs in your teeth. And of course, uh, Joey flashes a grimace like, Eh, see, no bugs. So Mike's like, Alright, go get your friend. And Joey's like, do I have to? 
And Mike's like, yeah, because if you do, I'll let you ride the roller coaster till you throw up. I'm like, oh, great. So Joey leaves to go get Punky. Then Mike opens the trunk of his car and pulls out some beers. Oh, so he pulls out two. One, of course, for Henry that he puts in the... You dingus! Oh my god, you're gonna be on the expressway probably going to this place. It's like, yeah, I'm sure that Henry wants to be drinking while you're driving. Like, that's an open container. You get pulled over, you are probably gonna be done. So while he waits, he sits on the hood of the car, cracks one open, and he, like, chugs this beer down in, like, a couple gulps. It's like, what? Is that how people drink? When they drink, they chug it? You're, he's not even really enjoying it. It's more like, glug, 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 like, That's clearly a problem. So, and then, of course, we're treated to a belt. That's freaking gross. So, Brandon comes out. What, is he going with him? <laughs> um, and... Mike offers Brandon, like, hey, Brandon, you want a beer? And Brandon's like, ugh. He smell. he's, Brandon smells a beer, like, okay, bye. I don't want to be around you. Brandon is standing, like, five feet away from this guy, like, this is as close as I want to get, because you freaking reek of beer. And we all know that dogs' noses are more powerful than humans. <laughs> so he offers Brandon a cool brew, and Brandon barks and shakes his head like, no, I don't want that. Oh, actually, he does lower the can for Brandon. And then Brandon takes a few tentative licks. And then he shakes his head and walks off like, no, thank you. So Brandon just goes back inside like, okay, bye. And then, of course, Mike has to make the joke like, oh, he must be a light beer drinker. Like, no, he's not an any beer drinker because dogs don't drink beer. Unless you're Hooch from Turner and Hooch. The movie. So look at- Mike actually goes to finish what's left of the beer. And it's like, yeah, it's got dog slobber on it now. So he just crushes the can and just chucks it. Oh, it actually is, um... He did- There's cans nearby for him to put the can in there. So I'm gonna play this clip of Henry and Mike and the kids and this whole breakdown of how this episode is gonna end. And I'll be right back. Hi, Mike. Hey, I'm only human. Sorry it took so long, Mike. Monkey couldn't decide what to wear. Yeah, women. You can't live with them and you can't live with them. <laughs> Look at that car. What a beauty. Isn't it, Funky? Nice. It's better than nice. It's the greatest. <laughs> okay, you two happy kids. Jump in the back. Henry will ride shotgun. You two can be sawed off shotguns. Beer? Yeah, that butt's for you, Henry. <laughs> a little earlier for beer, isn't it, Mike? The sun's up. <laughs> Buckle up. You ready to roll legs? 
<laughs> Whoops. I hit the wipers. <laughs> what? Oh, new car. I gotta learn all this stuff. All right. This time we're really going. trash can jumped right out in front of me. <laughs> Must have had a suicide pact with the garbage. <laughs> Tell me, jump out there, check for damage so we can get going. You'll be going without us, Mike. Frankie, get out of the car. Okay, Henry. What's wrong? You've been drinking. You sure me behind a wheel. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, Henry. I had one beer. Takes more than one beer to waterlog a buffalo. Henry, come on, get back in the car. We're too good of friends for this kind of bull. Yes, we are good friends. And for that reason, I wish you would get out too. This is ridiculous. Come on, Joey, we'll go without him. Close the door, please. Henry! Dad, I'm not going either. What is this, mutiny on the Mustang? <laughs> it's just a trash can. It's not the trash can, Dad. You've had too much beer. All right, sit down, Joey. I'm not fooling around. I'm sorry, Dad. I don't want to make you angry, but I'm walking home. Okay. Let's ease up. You want to walk? Walk. Bye, Punky. Bye, Joey. Wait up! Nothing like an early morning walk with your son to clear your head. You mind if I park here? Couldn't be happier about it. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll deal with this together. I think so. Mike realizes he needs help. He's lucky to have a good friend like you. Hmm. Funky. You did the right thing coming to me about this. I wish I'd been a little more receptive. From now on, I want you to feel perfectly free to express your opinion about absolutely anything. Really? 
Of course. And I think there is something that should be said. What's that? Burn those shorts. <laughs> so, of course, Henry comes out in the shorts with these long argyle socks. And Mike, of course, has the wolf whistle at him. Like, really? Is that really necessary? So, Henry apologizes for Punky. It's like Punky couldn't decide to wear what to wear and Mike is like yeah <laughs> you know women you can't live with them and well you can't live with them and then he has a good old laugh at like like you sexist jerk so Henry finally gets to see this card he's like oh it's so beautiful isn't it beautiful punky she's like eh, it's okay I don't really care and then of course Joey's like what are you talking about this car is awesome it's the greatest and they both kind of like give each other the evil eye and turn their backs on one another. So Mike pretty much like, alright kids, you in the back, Henry's riding shotgun. And then it says, hey, you kids can be sawed off shotguns. Like, eh. So Henry opens the door to get in and that's when he notices the can of beer just sitting there. He's like, uh, what? Beer? And Mike's like, yeah, that's for you. And Henry's like looking at the can and then kind of side eyes Mike like, it's a little early for beer, don't you think? And then Mike's answer to that is just like, well, sun's up. It's like, so what? That means you got to start drinking at 9 a.m.? I mean, what time are they heading out anyway? So that's when Punky reaches into the picnic basket and pulls out her bike helmet. Like, alright, I gotta be safe. So this guy is so wasted. He starts the car up and all of a sudden he turns on the windshield wipers and washers and then he thinks this is a riot and he just starts cracking up. So it's like, what the heck? The guy ends up hitting the button to put the top up on the car. Like, what in the world? It's like, how long have you had this car? A week or so? You think you'd get used to some of the where the buttons are? I mean, the button for the top isn't the transmission. That's not how you go reverse or forward. So all this time that he's kind of fiddling with crap and he's like, new car, gotta learn this stuff. Henry is just kind of looking at him like... Like, he's actually really seeing Mike for the first time. Like, what is this? You should know what you're doing in a car. So, is this a stick shift or is this an automatic? Because it looks like, you know, the uh, in an automatic, depending on either you have, like, the thing where you put the car in reverse, like, either it's by the steering wheel or it's going to be in the middle of the console there where you're shifting it back and forth. And I think Henry's seen enough. It's like, this guy clearly is drunk. He's confused. Uh, I'd be like, I'd rather have Henry drive, but then again, if they get pulled over, Henry's not licensed to drive that vehicle, and, uh... Joey's dad, Mike, would probably be arrested for being intoxicated and being that it's his vehicle. So, while the top is going down, um, he puts his foot on the gas and that kind of goes forward and knocks over some trash cans. So, then he's like joking about, oh, you see that? The trash can just jumped right out in front of me. And he laughs like hysterically like it's the funniest thing in the world. And we get a shot here of Joey with his 
head in his hands. Like, his hands are, like, covering his, his face in embarrassment. Like, oh, come on, Dad. You gotta be like this. It's like, he is really embarrassed. I mean, it's one thing for the kids to be in the car with him. But now that Henry's there and he's seeing this, I think Joey is really seeing his dad for the first time, too. Is in, Dad, you have a problem. So, he tells Joey to go out and check for damage. <laughs> so, that way they can go. That's when Henry opens the door and he gets out. And he's like, you're going to have to go without us. Punky, get out of the car. And this is where Mike turns very aggressive. Demanding that Henry gets back in the car. Like, let's go, let's go. What's your problem? So, he's like, what's wrong? And then Henry's like, well, you've been drinking. Okay? You should not be behind the wheel. So, and Mike is just like, it's no big deal. It's one beer. It takes more than one beer to waterlog a buffalo. Like, no, guy, you were clearly wasted when you got there. Don't tell me one beer is going to not make you, because you probably had at least a few before you even left the house. So, and Joey just gets serious with Henry. Like, come on, Henry, get back in the car. We're too good of friends to... Have this kind of bullcrap between us. And Henry agrees, like, yeah, we are good friends. For that reason, I wish you would get out, too. So, Mr. Deaton was, uh, Mike does not want to hear that. And he turns to Joey, like, alright, Joey, come on, we'll go without him. It's like, uh, if you gave a crap about your kid, he wouldn't, you would be saying the trip is off. And Joey just stands up, like, no, Dad, I'm not going with you. So when Joey stands up to his dad, that's when Mike hops out of the car. He's like, what is this? Seriously? And he says something like mutiny on the Mustang. So the vehicle is a Mustang or something. It looks like a... I thought it was a convertible. Well, Mustang is probably... I don't know. Guys, I don't know jack about cars. But this is where um, Joey is just like, it's not just the trash can, dad. You've been drinking a lot lately. No, he says you've had too much beer. And Mike screams at his kid like, sit down, Joey. You're not going anywhere. And Joey gets out of the car. He's like, no, I'm I'm done. I'm I'm not doing this with you. No, he's like, I don't want to make you angry, Dad. But, you know, I'm, I'm walking home. So Mike pretty much like, fine, you want to walk? Go. And then he gets behind the car, behind the wheel. Mike does, starts up the vehicle, turns his head to look at his son walking away from him. And that's when he just sits there for a second and realizes, turns off the vehicle and yells to Joey, like, hey, Joey, while we walk home together. So Mike gets out of the car, looks at Henry with a serious tone. He's like, nothing like a morning walk to clear your head, with your son to clear your head. He's like, yeah, guy, you need to get some help. Whatever's going on, there are people, places, resources for you to help deal with this. You clearly have a problem. And the fact that the way his son looked at him finally opened his eyes to, yes, I have a problem. So Mike walks over to Henry and he does apologize. Like, Henry, I'm sorry. Henry puts a hand on Mike's shoulder, says, don't worry about it. We'll deal with this tomorrow, all right? We'll 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 work through this together. Henry is a great friend. He sees this guy who's got a problem. It's like, I don't want to see you fall through the cracks. And I don't want to see, you know, your son lose faith in you and everything like that. And that's why we're going to work through this together. So Punky asks Henry, like, 
is he gonna be okay, Mr. Deaton? And Henry's like, yeah, I mean, he realizes that he needs help, so. Exactly. That's the first sign that you're, as long as you're really, if, as long as you're willing to admit you have a problem and you're willing to seek help for that problem, you are not too far gone and you can seek, you can find recovery. So Punky says, you know, Mr. Deaton's lucky to have a friend like you. And that's when Henry's like, you know, Punky, I wish I would have been a little more receptive when you came to me with this. So he tells her, from now on, I want you to feel absolutely free to express your opinion about anything. And Punky's like, well, with this whole honesty thing, okay. Burn those shorts. <laughs> and that is the end of the episode, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you can forgive my ranting, my screaming, my whatevering. And as far as for the Brandon Telwig episode rating, I'm giving this three out of five. Um, I liked. I thought the thing in the kitchen was cute with the uh, Brandon in the. The dog biscuit and everything. The the big thing of milk. Um, when Punky and Cherry confront Joey. And of course the ending. With Mike finally realizing he has a problem. When his son looks at him and says I'm not going dad. I'm going to walk home. And when his dad is finally. His dad finally realizes okay I have a, a problem here. And he goes to walk with his son. Henry says don't worry. Come back tomorrow. We're going to work through this together. The two things I knocked off were because of Joey. When he went there with saying, you're just jealous. I At least I have a real dad. You don't know who your real dad is. And with Henry not right away believing Punky, he's making excuses. Like, maybe you misunderstood. Maybe you thought it was something else. When you accuse somebody, you have to have proof and all this and that. As far as Punky's principles go, this is a message for kids. Kids, if you ever feel scared to get into a vehicle with somebody, whether they've been drinking or they're under the influence of any kind, you have the right to say no. Do not ever feel that you don't, okay? Um, if... It's a situation with uh, not just a family member, say someone like a friend of the family or something, or a, a friend's parent drive you home or whatever. And like in Punky's situation, speak up about it, okay? Don't be silent. Your parents aren't going to yell at you, okay? They would rather you come to them about this instead of hide it to the point where it gets worse. That way, you're helping the other person get the help that they need. Um, as far as adults, guys, I don't want to lecture you about what you do, just that you take everyone's lives into consideration when you're on the road. If you're at a bar and you've had a, I don't care if it's one drink or two drinks or whatever, margaritas, beer, whatever, you have someone else take you home. You call for a cab. I'm sure that a restaurant will call a cab for you. I'm sure there are other type of an uber a lyft a whatever or you have someone else make that judgment call for you because we are all adults here right seriously just 
use your judgment. Use your make. If you don't have the judgment to make that call, let someone else do it. Don't drink. Don't go to a bar by yourself and drink alone. Bring someone with you that is going to be the designated driver. I know that that sounds like lecturing, but guys, we need to be responsible not just for us, but we need to look out for everyone else, alright? We're all on this planet together. We need to watch out for one another. You know in times of crisis when the world, bad things happen all the time. And what happens? We come together. Let's not point fingers anymore, okay? We're on this planet together. Let's work together. Let's look out for one another. And then I'm going to say my piece on that. Let's get into the welcoming some new listeners to the podcast. But before I do, guys, if you guys have a problem and you feel you don't have someone to talk about it with, if you guys want to even email me, I will keep your confidentiality. If you just want to let something out, I'm not going to judge you, alright? I'm not going to judge you. But if you just feel like you can't talk to family or friends and you just need someone to lend an, to lend an ear, guys, I'll be there for you. I'll be that person, alright? You can email me at punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. And if you guys don't even want me to say anything about, if you don't want me to respond, you just want to load, you know, unload, go for it. Guys, I'll be here. All right? I just, guys, I care about my listeners. The fact that you guys are even still listening a year later means the world to me. And I just want to look out for you. All right? I care about every, you know, I don't know who you are, but I care. You know, I want the best for everybody. Not just my listeners, but everybody. I don't want to see people in pain. You know? Maybe I'm naive. Maybe so. But, like I said, I'm offering it out there. If you guys want to unload, if you guys just need a friendly ear, I'll be that person for you. Alright. Alright, we got Mountain View, California, Los Angeles, California, Queenstown, Maryland, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Kansas City, Missouri, uh, C-H-E-N-E-Y, um, I'm guessing this is, what is W-A, is that Washington? I think I would know that. Anyway, (laughs) Bakersfield, California, Inglewood, California, Temecula, California. Guys, if I butcher, I'm sorry. Centerville, Maryland, London, United Kingdom, Austin, Texas, Columilla, Mexico, Cumberland, Maryland, Ashburn, Virginia, Anchorage, uh, Alaska, Yonkers, New York, uh, Portmore, Jamaica, Plainville, Connecticut, Clackamas, Oregon, Strasbourg, France, College Park, Maryland, San Leandro, California, we got India, Dallas, Texas, Kalamazoo, Michigan, Cape Girardeau, uh, Missouri, and Fort Dodge, Iowa. Alright, here we go with some comments. 
They just don't make shows like this anymore. Man, I want some Oreos now. I used to clean my room Joey style. I hate Joey like he is so mean. Wow, what did Punky do to him? Man, if I was Punky, I would have punched that kid square in the face. Well, you know, I'm right there with you. Because in the 80s, family shows taught us valuable lessons. You won't find that in today's family shows. What few of them there are. Mr. Deaton should have asked Henry to drive instead. Man, every punky episode, every punky Brewster episode has a message for kids and adults. Not only that, but the brand humor is equally is equal without going over top. They should replace syndicated episodes of Punky Brewster for kids today. That's the first time I've seen George Gaines break character. For a second, he couldn't hold his laugh, and then. Right back into character. Blink and you'll miss it. Alright. As I said, guys, I'll be coming back in early April. I'm taking the month off of March. When I get back, we'll be on Season 3, Episode 9. Called Best Friends, which aired on November 10th, 1987. Quinn, what are you doing? Punky is angry when Cherry falls for a boy. So that is the episode we'll be jumping back into in April. Guys, have a wonderful month of March. Have a great um, St. Patrick's Day. Guys, please be responsible. Like I said, do not drink by yourselves. Get someone to drive you home. Okay? There are so many options out there. Do not get behind the wheel and drive. I don't care if you've had one beer or half a margarita. Get someone to drive you home. Don't ever think that just because it's one beer, it's one mojito or whatever, that you're safe to drive. The minute that cop pulls you over, he's gonna look right at you. And if you even smell or seem intoxicated, you are getting that breathalyzer. And let me tell you, I've not had experience with this. I don't drink, period. Um, that drunk driving on your record, I'm sure that is going to ruin your life. It's going to be costly. You could very well even lose your job. You could go to jail. Do not do that, okay? It's not what, drinking and driving is not worth it. You're going to ruin your life, your family's life, everything. All right, guys. I'll see you in April. Bye-bye.